that um, I'm an ocean girl, but usually there are two types of people. Usually you're a mountain person or you're an ocean person, and I'm sure there's some in between. I love the mountains, though, um, absolutely, and I've, I've seen a lot of beautiful mountains across the world. I've skied and climbed mountains in Africa and El Salvador, of course the Rockies all over the place. And there's just something beautiful about mountains, right? Whether you're seeing them from a distance or whether you're on top of them looking out, right? There's just this majesty, this ominous beauty and the power of like, wow, God created all of this, right? So mountains are an important thing. And um, there is the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. There's some really important things that happened there. And it was on the eastern slope that the Lord made his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And it was on the other side of the mountain where scripture records that Jesus was the weeping Christ. And so there's two examples of Jesus on a mountain, all right? And it talks about Jesus weeping. And I think sometimes we forget that Jesus was 100% human. He left his divinity and came to earth for our sacrifice, was born as a human baby, fully God, but fully human, all right? And in John eleven thirty five, it says that Jesus wept, and we're going to talk about that story because it's referring to Lazarus, his friend, but the Bible records that Jesus literally cried. Have you thought about that before? Many believe that Palm Sunday is about pomp and circumstance and, and the celebration of the hour. And although that is true, all right, the, the Bible talks about it. They were waving the branches and they were yelling, Hosanna. But it's not just about that. Palm Sunday is about tears. It's about weeping. It's about crying. You see, we've raised a generation in this Western world. We've lost our tears, we want everybody to be strong and take the pain. Our culture has taught us that it's inappropriate to cry, that that's a sign of weakness. There's many songs, even in the secular world, that talk about crying. There's a Broadway musical the, called Evita, and the lady is saying, don't cry for me, Argentina. There's another song called Big Girls Don't Cry from the secular world, right? Telling, if you're a big girl, you don't cry. We tell our young men, right, our sons, be a man and don't cry. Wow. That's where we've come as a culture. We don't want tears. We don't want crying. We want strong. It's one of the major problems in our culture today is that we've lost our tears. We've lost our ability to cry, to weep, to have remorse, really to be repentant, yeah. sorrow, grief. Even when we go through grief, we tell ourselves, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be feeling this way. I shouldn't be sad. I shouldn't be hurting. What in the world? What are we, robots? It's okay to have feelings and emotions. It's okay to have passion. It's okay that if somebody that you love passes away, then you're hurting. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to cry. And this Palm Sunday, when we're going to look at the scripture, Jesus is saying, it's okay to weep. It's okay 
to cry. I think some of us in this room, it's been a long time since you've let yourself cry. Because you put on this, I gotta be strong. I gotta come across a certain way. I can't anybody, let anybody see my weakness. Jesus comes at it a whole different way. There's actually medical truth, proof that crying is an important part of releasing. Tears release a chemical that helps relieve stress. That is why we often feel better after we cry. They have a medicinal effect. Just like sweat pours out of our body on a hot day, right, to keep us cool, tears flow to release the stress of the soul, okay? You got, think about that. When you cry, you're, you're, you're just relieving the stress of your soul. Why would we stop that? Like we let sweat come out of our body, right, to clean the toxins, to purify. Tears are that, to clean out the soul. And it's like Jesus just saying, it's okay to cry. Do you know that there are three types of tears that they figured out scientifically, I guess, in our world? One of them is called the basal tear, and it's a protein-rich antibacterial liquid that keeps your eye moist. All right, so pers personally, I have an issue with that. I have an eye condition called ocular rosacea, so my eyes do not pr produce enough of this protein-rich tear. <laughs> So I have uh, splotches on my eye, and anyway, it's a whole story. Um, but I'm in the process of, you know, God's taking care of me with that. And so I have, I have red eyes a lot. They get inflamed. Um, but we all have that in our eyes to keep them protected. Another type of tear is called a reflex tear, and that's triggered by irritants such as wind or smoke or onions. <laughs> I hate cutting onions. It's like the worst. <laughs> But they're released when that gas or smoke or whatever, that irritant, they're released to flush the eye out, to get the toxins out. How amazing is that? You, when you think of just the eye alone, how can we say there is not a creator? The eyeball did not just float around somewhere and all of a sudden come together. It's the most amazing optimization out there. And the tears flush out. They just know when there's smoke, to, to like start crying because they want to clear, the tears want to keep your eyes okay. Isn't that amazing? There's another type of tear called the emotional tear, and this is probably one we're very familiar. We shed tears in response to a range of emotions, right? But how often do we shut ourselves up? We close ourselves off. I'm gonna be strong, I'm not gonna cry. But yet tears have such a healing and soothing effect. They help us get support from others, right? Who looks at a crying person and says, mm, too bad for them? No, somebody's crying, you're gonna get attention for that. Oh, what's wrong, I'm so sorry, can I pray with you? Can we talk, right? It, they help relieve stress. It enhances your mood, it releases toxins. It even talks about, it aids in sleep. Babies cry, right? And then after they're, because we're exhausted, you know, and then they, they, they sleep really good. <laughs> Tears also fight bacteria, and it improves vision. There's benefits physically, beyond spiritually, to tears. In fact, tears are a gift from God. He's created us to cry. But yet we hold it back so often, right? We don't let ourselves be weak. I struggle with that myself, just like you. 
Psalms 30. If you've got your scripture today, we're going to look at a couple different scriptures. Psalms chapter 30, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 5. Only verse 5 is on the screen, and that's okay. Uh, But verse 1 through 5 says, I will exalt you, Lord, for you rescued me. You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. O Lord, my God, I cried for your help, and you restored my health. You brought me up from the grave. O Lord, you kept me from falling into the pit of death. Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. King David said that. Weeping may last for a time, but there's joy coming. It's on its way. But in the process of that, let yourself weep. Let yourself feel. Let the tears fall. In worship, there might be songs that are playing, and you're like, I don't know why my eyes are tearing up. I don't know why I'm getting this sense of emotion. It's called the presence of God. Let the tears flow. They're healing. All right? On this Palm Sunday, I want to etch into your heart the picture of a weeping Christ. Jesus was weeping not just for Jerusalem. He is weeping for us today. Right? There are only two times in Scripture that Jesus was weeping, and both of them were found on the Mount of Olives. He wept over our sorrow. He's touched by our brokenness. So wherever you are today, wherever you feel broken, Jesus weeps over that. You're not alone in that pain and in that hurt and in that grief. Jesus is there with you, and he understands that. He weeps over that sorrow, but he also weeps over our sin. He's troubled by our blinded eyes. He's troubled by the culture that we're in right now and the darkness that seems to be winning. Jesus' tears still speak today. Turn with me to Luke chapter 19, and we're going to read this very familiar passage on Palm Sunday. But I want us again to read it and see it through the eyes of a weeping Jesus who's weeping for our sorrow and weeping for our sin. Amen. Luke chapter 19, verses 28. That's where we're going to start. I'm going to be reading it from the NLT, and it will be on the screen as well. Aren't you glad you're in church today? Man, wasn't worship? Worship's always good, right? It's not about, I mean, the presence of God is all we need. But I don't know about you, but there was some breakthrough going on today in worship. Things were breaking in the heavenlies, corporately and individually. And I'm excited because we're going to continue to press into the presence of God and press into the Holy Spirit because God has plans and purposes for us as individuals and us as a church. And we're not going to let anything stop us, right? So here we go, Luke chapter 19, Mm -hmm. verse 28. Okay, here we go. I'm in the wrong chapter. That's helpful, right? (laughs) I'm looking at it going, that is wrong. Okay, (laughs) helps to, you guys are good. You never have that problem, do you? You never get out of place, yeah. All right, here we go. Verse 28 says, all right. So Jesus just gets done talking about the parable of the 10 servants. And so verse 28 picks up and it says, after telling the story, Jesus went on toward Jerusalem. All right. So again, let's visualize this. I love this. So walking ahead of his disciples, 
As he came to the towns of Bethage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead of him. He says, go into the village over there. As you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying that colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked him, why are you untying the colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus, and they threw their garments over it and for him to ride on. <laughs> so again, are you just picturing, like, like this is so classic and simple, but yet they, they have to be going, what is going on, Jesus? But they obey, right? They simply obey and trust him. So verse um, 36 says, As he rode along, the crowds spread out their garments on the road ahead of them. All right? So again, this visual as Jesus was coming, you know, they were laying down their coats, whatever they were wearing, palm branches, so that the donkey would ride upon that. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along. All right? The joy this pomp and circumstance, the king had come. He's coming to save them from the Roman Empire and all this oppression from government. And he was going to do all of this, right? Praising God for all the wonderful miracles that they had seen. Verse 38 says, Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Verse 39, But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like this. He replied, if they keep quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. I love that. And verse 41, and this is where Jesus begins to weep over Jerusalem and, and weeps over us today even. But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. How I wish today that you all, that you all, of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it is too late and peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close you in on you from every side. They will crush you into the ground and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize it was God who visited you. I don't know about you, but when I read that, it just, my heart sinks. I'm sure when Jesus was looking out and he was weeping, part of that had to be to know what was coming. But I think the bigger part was that he knew that this creation that God had created was going to end up being, I mean, he came for our sins and he knew he was going to be paying the price for that. I hope that visual sits in your mind that he continued on. He didn't just stop there, knowing what he was facing. And so just from that, the scripture, I, I want us to focus on that. Jesus weeps over our sorrow. Jesus is touched by your broken heart. What's broken in your heart right now, in your soul, in your spirit, in your life? What's broken? I want you to think about that for a minute. And whatever that is, Jesus weeps over that. 
And you're not alone in that. He actually wants to walk with you in that. How amazing is that? That our Savior, Jesus Christ, God Almighty, right, three in one, created everything, and he wants to walk with us in our sorrow. No matter how big or how small that sorrow is, it matters to him. Amen? One of the greatest proofs of this is in another, we're going to look at a little bit of scripture today, so hang on. So turn with me to John chapter 11. You guys are doing okay? All right. We're having fun, right? All right, good. John 11. This is one of my, I just, one of my favorite accounts of Jesus is the story of, of Lazarus, his friend, right? And we're not going to look at the whole thing, but we're going to open up to chapter 11, verse 17, and we're going to read it. And uh, man, God gets sorrow. He gets grief that we deal with, all right? And this is, there's a great example in here as he's dealing with Mary and Martha and the whole situation with Lazarus. And here it goes, right? Verse 17, it says, when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days, all right? So he'd already been passed away. They do all the burial things, and he'd been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road for Jerusalem, and Many of the people had come to console Mary and Martha in their loss. When Mary got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. I'm sorry, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you only would have been here, my brother would have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. See, with Jesus, nothing's ever too late. As long as we have breath in our lungs, as long as your family and loved ones have breath in their lungs, it's not too late. They can still find Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Nothing's too late. No sin is too far for somebody to not be reached. While they still have breath in their lungs, there's a chance to reach them through prayer and through love, right? We don't give up. We don't stop believing. We don't stop praying because there's always a chance, and I love that. Your brother will rise again. How many of you need to be reminded of that? Whatever that situation is, it's going to rise again. God's got it. Might be a relationship. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's your children that are away from the Lord. That situation, God has got it. He sees it. He's walking with you in it. Verse 24 says, yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at that day, referring to the, you know, when Jesus comes back. And Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. (laughs) Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I've always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who's come into the world. And then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and said to her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, 
She fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would have not died. When Jesus saw her weeping, when Jesus saw her weeping, when Jesus sees you weeping, when he sees the tears that fall when you're praying, when he sees the tears that fall when your head is on the pillow and nobody knows, he sees, he sees you. He sees us. We're not alone. And not only does he see us, he weeps with us. Different, different perspective on Palm Sunday, I know. But I want us to get that in our hearts. The text goes on to say, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him, he asked. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him? But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? With Jesus, he doesn't operate in our time. He doesn't operate in our plan. He doesn't operate in what we think, what we think it should look like. He operates in a whole different spectrum. You know, in the scripture, it, it not only talks about how he wept, but it talks about how he was angry. Did that ever stand out to you before? Did you ever think about that? Why was he angry? He wasn't angry at the people. He was angry over sin. He was angry over death. He was angry over the things that were destroying what God had created and what God loves, what he loves, Right? And it brought him to tears when he saw Mary crying. The Bible says he groaned in his spirit and he was troubled. Our Lord stood at the tomb of his friend and he was indignant at what sin had done, resulting in ultimate death and sorrow. And there he groans and he's troubled. The text tells us what... What really got him was Mary's tears brought him to heartbreak. That sin and death brought such great pain. And I know it brings pain today. Sin and death brings pain to us today. But again, Jesus cries with us in our sorrow. We are not alone in that. And on this Palm Sunday, Jesus is still weeping over our sorrows. And he's touched by our broken hearts. Amen. I want us to take a look at a couple other scriptures. The Apostle Paul himself reminds us that um, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears. Turn with me to Acts chapter 20. There's so many different passages of scripture where it talks about tears and the importance of them. Acts 20 verse 19 says this, and this is Paul talking. I have done the Lord's work humbly and with many tears. 
tears. I have endured the trials that came to me from the plots of the Jews. I'm sure Paul had lots of tears going on all throughout his journey from the calling to what he had to endure for the name of Jesus, right? To continue to just serve over and over and over again. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. Second Corinthians 2 Corinthians 2.4 says this. I wrote the letter in great anguish and with a troubled heart and many tears. I didn't want to grieve you, but I wanted to let you know how much, I, how much love I have for you. Again, referring to tears, referring to the fact that his heart is in anguish, right? These are things we can relate to. These are things, human emotions. Our tears are for a purpose. Tears move the heart of God. In Ecclesiastes 3.4, it says this, at time to cry and there's a time to laugh, all right? You guys recognize the whole Ecclesiastes 3, a time for all the things, right? A time to cry and there's a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance. Allow yourself those different times, those different moments. Jesus is freeing us to allow ourselves to cry, to heal Tears speak louder than words. Tears have a language all of their own, and they need no interpreter. <laughs> so not only does Jesus weep in our sorrows, but he weeps over our sins. As he was drawing near the city, right, he realized the sin, the people that were going to miss out on who he really was because they were blinded in their own lives. Everyone was partying and waving, and they missed that he was, in fact, Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords, who has come to save them from their sin, not from their situation, not from their current pain. They missed it completely. Do you ever feel that we're missing it completely as a culture right now? There's a lot of things going on, lots of noise. A lot of things. And if we allow ourselves, we can buy into the crowd or we can buy into the jeering. Jesus weeps, weeped over the sin of Jerusalem, but I think today he weeps over the sin of our culture. The church in the Western world today does not seem to be weeping over sin. It's almost like we're trying to make it okay, we're trying to st stand up for sin, not like us, but there are those, it seems that way. Instead of weeping over sin, we're trying to become a friend. We seem to not be troubled by those that are blinded by sin. But if you look at the Palm Sunday Road, if you look at our Lord, the people are cheering, they're waving their branches. He breaks down and cries. We're watching the decay of civilization right in front of us. Are we crying over it? Are we weeping over it? Are we praying for this generation? Are we praying for our friends and family that are blinded, literally, 
blinded by what's going on? Are we weeping over our own sin, over sin in this culture? Jesus says he's weeping over America. He's weeping over the sins that are going on. If we viewed our cities as our Lord sees them, we would see them through his tears. The problem is we've lost our tears. We've lost our ability to have that kind of compassion. We may still cry in emotional movies when, we, when a dog dies, right? But what about the de-Christianizing of our culture? Do we care? Are we crying over the fact that the enemy's coming hard after our kids? Are we crying about that? Are we praying into that? Are we doing all that we can? Is there anything in our lives today that would cause the Lord to weep? It's a question I want you to ponder right now in this moment as we get ready to close. Is there anything in in, in your life, in my life, that would cause the Lord to weep? Are we like some of them in the crowd, shouting and supporting and waving our branches if we get what we want? But when we don't, we change our tune. Our Lord is still weeping over our sorrows, and he's still weeping over the sins that are here in this culture, here in our lives, even today. He is touched by our broken hearts and by our tears. So here's a question I want you to think about. It's kind of somber, all right, in this moment. And whoever's playing, it could come on up. Let me ask you a question today. Does the Lord weep with you? Or is the Lord weeping over you today? Is he weeping with you in your sorrow or is he weeping over you because of your sin that you're still in? The Bible talks about in Revelation 21, 4, that he's going to remove our tears. When it's all said and done, God will wipe away all the tears from our eyes. There's hope this Palm Sunday because of Jesus, because of what he chose to do, because of the fact that he weeps for our sorrows, but he weeps for our sins. I want you just to close your eyes in this this somber moment. I want you to ask yourself this question. Does the Lord weep with you today? Or is he weeping over you because you're far from him? Because you're not where you need to be with him. Because you've allowed sin to get too close. I want you just in this moment, between you and the Lord, to evaluate your heart, evaluate your life. As we close today, I want to I pray for some of you today. And with your eyes closed, if you're here today and you're dealing with sorrow, you're dealing with pain, some sort of in your life hurt, it can be small, it can be large. It doesn't matter to the Lord. He cares about it all. He cares about your sorrows. He loves you so much. But if you're here today and you're just carrying that heavy burden, I want to just be able to pray healing over you today today. 
And if you would just slip your hand up so I can see who I'm praying for in this moment. I want to be able to pray over you and pray healing into your heart and soul today. So is there anyone here today? Yes, I see. Yep, a couple hands. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, I thank you for those that just raise their hand, that just recognize there's some healing that needs to take place. God, you know the story. You know the details. You know where the pain is at, Lord. And I just ask right now in the name of Jesus that you would just surround them, that your grace and your mercy would just come and that you would begin to heal those places, heal those relationships, bridge those conversations. God, whatever that pain is, Lord, we ask, God, that your healing love would just intervene. God, I thank you for their honesty. I thank you, God, that they just said, you know what, I recognize I need prayer today for that healing. And Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that whatever we ask, we can trust you to take care of. So Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you, Jesus. The other part of that question and that challenge was, is Jesus weeping over you today? Is he weeping over you because you're far away? You've moved for some reason. Sin has separated you from him. You're no longer where you used to be. And God is a forgiving God. He's not a condemning God. His grace covers. But he says to you today, come home. There's no reason to stay away and to stay apart. And if you're here today and you know that you have just been away from him and you want to come back today to receive him again or for the first time as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity just in this moment. That's what I love about the Lord. He loves us so much. His grace is always available. So if you're here today and you just say, you know what, I've moved. I've, I've not been where I've needed to be with the Lord and I need to come home. I need to repent of my sins and come back to him. I need to know him as my Lord and Savior once again. And if that's you, just put your hand up where I can see it so I can pray for you today. If you're online as well, if you just put a little hand up and we'll have somebody contact you and pray for you. Is there anybody here today that I can pray with? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for the word of God. And we thank you, Jesus, God, that you call us back to you. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to move in our hearts. God, show us the places that we need to lay down. Show us the things in our hearts and lives, God, that do not honor you. God, I pray that you will give us all that we need to live a life of peace and holiness. God, I pray today that as we leave from this place, that we would have just a different perspective of Palm Sunday. God, that we would see it through your eyes. And Lord, may we be challenged to allow even ourselves to cry more, to allow the tears to fall. God, we thank you for your healing. We thank you, Jesus, for your grace. And God, I pray blessings on all of us today as we leave from this place. May we walk out with more of your love, more of your understanding of who you are in our lives, that you walk with us and that we are not alone. God, we thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Father, in your precious name.